The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, only NFL podcast. One of the hosts always plays with a tag. That's Lenny. It's got my phone number on it, so I got to make sure it's not visible in this recording. Uh, I'm Mina Kimes, and I am so happy to be joined for his first regular weekly appearance of the season. One of the hosts of the Dominique Foxer show. You have heard him on this podcast. If you've been listening for any length of time, you can see him all over ESPN. He recently got his haircut. Dominique, welcome back to the show. So was that a, a franchise tag joke? I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. I mean, I despise the franchise tag. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes Lenny like a uh, company man that he plays under. The- I mean, most people. <laughs> nah, I would have I would appreciated a franchise tag or two. Honestly, I wasn't good enough. That would have <laughs> been good money for me. <laughs> uh, Dominique, I'm so happy you're here. So just to remind folks, or I guess tell people who are new to the show, Dominique joins us uh, regularly during the football season on Tuesday mornings uh, or Tuesday afternoons. And um, usually we recap Monday Night Football, pick winners and woofs. Obviously, neither of those things are in play this week of the opener. So in the second half of this podcast, we are going to preview Thursday night football, which uh, we'll put a pin in that uh, chiefs lions. And um, in the first half of the show, I came up with kind of a, kind of a fun, I think it's fun idea. I was thinking about, yeah, well, so, okay. So I was thinking about how this week to me always feels kind of like Christmas Eve. Uh, because, you know, when I was a kid, I just couldn't wait uh, to all it was like at 6 a.m. I would get up. I was so excited. And that's how I feel pretty much every day starting today through Thursday morning. And my family had a tradition, has a tradition on Christmas Eve. I don't know if your family does this, Dominique, or any of your, the listeners' families do this for any holidays, uh, where we get to open one present. And it was always very strategic. Like my brother and I, when we were kids, if we there was something we were eyeing because we like look kind of big or, you know, I knew it was a dollhouse or whatever. Uh, I would open it with glee. Dad, let me stop there. Have you ever done that? No, my family believes in discipline. <laughs> the delayed gratification is how you become a champion. So no, we didn't do that. But with my kids, uh, we go to my my mom's house the night before. And she gives them like 30 gifts. And so they open, they <laughs> have like a the full Christmas thing. the night before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, I was talking about me growing up. We were talking about oh, growing oh, up. Growing up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fully disciplined. But now we've given up. We have spoiled funny. kids and that's the way it is. Okay. Well, my fans are like my kids, my listeners, and we're going to spoil you. Uh, for the first half of this podcast, we're going to go through every team and Dominique are going to give you each of you teams, each of you fan bases, one little gift just we're going to go around and say something nice about each team because this is the moment of the football season where anything can happen. You know, like your team, like right now, everybody's on an even playing field. Good things can go down. Uh, we're not going to say obvious thing. The only ground rule I set for Dominique is like nothing obvious. Like we're not going to be like, you know, Bills fans, you know, Josh Allen, shut up. You're, you're spoiled. You're, you know, like we're, we're, we're going to, we're, I mean, it's fair. Yeah, we could do that. Right. I could say that. Um, but I no, feel no, like no, if you got a Lamborghini, yeah. you're not really excited about, about Christmas. It's like, Oh, whatever. I, I'm good. Whatever you give me or don't give me, I don't care. We're fine. We'll think of something nice for the bills. I'm very positive about, I've been very positive about the Packers this off season, but, um, you know, one thing I talk about a lot is how good their offensive line is. And sometimes Packers fans would be like, yeah, but our center, Josh Myers. Ugh. And I'm like, man, shut up. Look around the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Y'all complaining about your center. Yeah. You're like three deep at every position. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, I mean, it's like guards and centers. Like if you're going to yeah. be, if you could choose to be weak at some area on offense, that's where you got to be weak. So you're good, Packers fans. Okay, so we are not doing – we're not both doing one for every team because uh, I, I, I have a tenuous grasp on the clock as it is, so <laughs> we're going to do them all. I gave you half of the league. I took half of the league. I will go first, uh, and I will start with the Bills. So we're starting I, you know, with the – let's start with the AFC East and work our way back across the country, as so often is the case. Uh, something I want to say nice about the Bills. Last year, 
the Bills, and this is, I guess, formerly Football Outsiders, now FTN does this stat, suffered the, their defense suffered the second most adjusted games lost to injury of any team in the NFL. I think there's reasons to be concerned. Von Miller's not playing, whatever. But, like, it is worth taking a moment to appreciate how unbelievably injured this defense was last year. And the fact that they get Micah Hyde back is incredible. Trey White's now got, uh, you know, further removed from his injury. So, Bills, my my present to you is there's probably no way your defense is going to be as hurt as they were last year. Yeah, that's one of the positive regressions. You can't be as injured. And you had Trey back last year, but as someone as a cornerback who came back from ACL, the further you get away from it, the better it feels. So I, I think you'll have a better version of him. May not may not be back to tip top condition, but he'll be one of the better corners in the league, which is nice. And I was ordered to stick close to time, so I will not lollygag. Miami Dolphins next. <laughs> <laughs> You're, um, the thing that I was excited about, and it had to be kind of unique, is Mike McDaniel, one of the flu- few black coaches in football. I'm not going to let you guys forget it. We're, we're claiming him. We'll, we'll take him. If he would have done poorly last year, no thanks. But you have him, and you have a distinct heat advantage. Uh, I played there in Oh, wow. That's year. a good one. My very first game of my NFL career was in Miami. They were not good. We were pretty good with the Broncos, and they beat us at the end of the game. And I was just on special teams. But by the end of the game, all of our corners were hurt except for me. And there was a guy playing the other corner was a safety. And so there were, we had no chance of winning that game because of that distinct heat advantage. You'll remember what happened last year against the aforementioned Bills. Yeah. So you got to – one of the few as, – as we look around the league and we look around pro sports and we accept that home field advantage or home court advantage is not quite what it used to be, it is in Miami. You can't do nothing about that heat in that party culture. It hurts a lot of teams. I, I love that. You should celebrate it because I feel like when this was brought up vis-a-vis that Bills game in particular, um, yeah. you know, it's it was it's always like, well, you know, on a neutral field, would they have won? It's like, well, it wasn't a neutral field. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I, by the time you get to the playoffs, obviously, it's it's usually less hot. Although maybe global warming means that the Dolphins' heat advantage is going to last into the postseason in the future. So uh, Miami go. Dolphins fans, maybe you should be rooting for yeah, global warming. Don't can't, do that. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. You can't let people take that away from you because that would be the same as if a, if a Bills fan was like, well, if we were healthy, well, you weren't. The game is where the game is. Yeah. These are the, the conditions in a situation. So if someone tries to take a win from you and say, but it was hot, so it was hot. That win's going to count. Okay, so I got the Jets. Um, I, this is a little less cutesy. It's a little bit more of a it's, a... it's a player who was obviously very well known. I just want to take a moment. I don't know how much he's going to play week one. Then that's why this occurred to me, because I was look, as I was starting to prepare for Monday Night Football, I was looking at practice reports. I think Brees Hall is a truly special back. And I want to stress that, because... Last year, I don't think it can be undersold how unbelievably efficient he was despite running behind often pretty bad run blocking. Um, He led all backs in next-gen stats running yards over expectation per carry, which accounts for blocking in the position of defenders. And he was third in EPA per carry. So basically, he was really, really good, and he was really, really good because of him. Uh, this despite running behind a line that was 32nd in adjusted line yards, which is a blocking stat. So while I'm not, I'm, I, I have, uh, you know, we've all expressed concerns about the Jets offensive line. I don't know how much better they'll be at run blocking this year. You got to think with Aaron Rodgers and a better passing attack, life will be a little bit easier for Brees Hall this season than it was last year when nobody gave a bleep about whether Zach Wilson or whoever was throwing the football uh, and so I'm, I'm really excited to watch him, uh, you know, hopefully guys tend to come back from his injury and, and play still really well. Hopefully he can build upon his success last year because he was one of my favorite young players to watch. Uh, I guess if they're listening to your podcast, we don't have to explain how impressive those stats are. Like the yards <laughs> over expected, it's a really good stat. Yeah. And there's some <laughs> other advanced stats that I can say that I don't, 
Um, I mean, very few of them. So most advanced stats I appreciate and I like, but there are some that when you go in and look at them, you don't see it jump out. But that one is like, you can, you can go watch those plays and you're like, Oh, that's yes. all him. And so that's nice to see. And can you imagine if rather than breaking the tackle of a linebacker three yards from the line of scrimmage, the first tackle that he has to break is that of a safety eight yards from the line of scrimmage. You're looking at an entirely different set of circumstances and offense pressure off of your defense. But anyway, that's exciting. I got the New England Patriots, and I feel like the first things that came to mind are obvious ones. Like you won the draft. Your defense is going to be great. Bill O'Brien is going to fix your offense because you have a real offensive coordinator who, despite uh, getting fired in Houston, actually was pretty impressive there. And I guess you don't really get credit for having a good offense in Alabama because you have all the best players. But he's an accomplished offensive coach. But that's not what I'm going with. I'm also not even going to point out the fact that you have the greatest coach of all time and possibly the greatest defensive mind of all time. I'm going way off the map. You got a decent receiver core. I Ooh. think that we don't give a lot Ooh, of credit. Ooh, I love to, this take. To, Let's go. Yeah, Spicy. We don't give a lot of credit to their receiving core because they don't have a true number one uh, or someone who jumps off the page and we're like, hey, this is the guy. Yeah. I think part of that is because of the talent that they have, but also part of that is because of the offense that they were running. You saw a few years ago uh, or Three, two years ago, you had a rookie quarterback learning the system. Last year, we throw that out all together because of the circumstances. But I actually do really like Kendrick Bourne off of press. I think Parker has big playability. And, and Juju, like Juju's been effective everywhere he is. He's kind of a slot guy who's willing to do the dirty work. And if you're a run first team with a good offensive line, he's going to help you in that. And also, he makes plays. Yeah. He's not going to run away from anybody. And his plays aren't always going to be sensational. But I think the wide receiver core is underestimated and they might surprise some people this year with a good offensive coordinator. That's the best one yet. Congrats. That's a really good one. I love it. I think they're underrated. I agree with everything you said about the particular skill sets of the receivers. And I would also add, I think they're a good fit for what uh, Bill O'Brien wants to do on offense. Um, we got a little bit of sampling of it in the preseason. This is an offense, like, as we all expected, it's going to be very RPO heavy, spread things out a little bit more. Uh, in that sense. And um, Juju is a very good RPO wide receiver. We saw that in Kansas City. He is really good at getting open very quickly. He's not, you know, he's not, again, a traditional number one, like maybe we thought earlier in his career. But for this offense, makes a ton of sense. I'll also add, uh, I think they got one of the better one-two uh, punches at tight end in the NFL, too, with uh, Gesicki and Henry. That's a really good Oh, bonus pairing. present. For, yeah. For so when you consider the group as a whole, it's not sexy – and there will be moments where the lack of a, like, go get you a bucket guy probably hurts them. But people are talking about them like they're terrible. And I don't agree with yeah. that at all. So I, I'm, I'm this with could you. Be, I, I'm not a big gambling guy, but it's, this could be a sneaky hot take for a team that could win that division. Because no one's looking at them as a team that Ooh, could win that division. That's too hot for but me. It's very, I said sneaky hot take. I don't know what the gambling sneaky odds hot. are. That's like legit hot. They're, they're definitely the I mean, least likely to win the division. I can tell you right now in gambling odds. I don't have them. But, I mean, they, how much different is their defense? How much worse is their defense from the Jets? Oh, the, like, it's not yeah. as good as the Jets' defense, but it's not. They're really good. It's in the same. Yeah, it's in the same ballpark. The question is, when you look at that offense, while there aren't dynamic playmakers there aren't big holes mm -hmm. they're going to protect them and there aren't big holes if you give them a little bonus for bill belichick game management and you hope they don't do anything ridiculous like pitching balls and tied games like, I, I don't know i i wouldn't bet much on it but i don't think if i were looking if i had to go do tv every day and <laughs> i had to come up with something hot on a friday this might be the one that's a good one okay uh let's go to the afc west uh, I will be very quick on Kansas City because we will be talking about Kansas City in more depth later. Obviously. They don't deserve no presents. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, no Chris. Well, we'll get to the Chris Jones thing. That's a that's a big deal. We'll get to that. Uh, I, I am not talking about the defense. Um, I'm going to give you this present because God knows how long it'll last. I'm excited to see Kadarius Tony play football. <laughs> oh man, good. I like I like that you gave them like a, a half present. It's an ephemeral. It. They got a game. damn Super Bowl and they got Patrick Mahomes, so it, that's enough. It's that's like when you give someone a cake or something. Like eat it now, <laughs> y'all. Uh, no, I I just love watching him play. He's such a fun yeah, player. Fun. He's such a unique player. It was such a dream pairing in terms of, um, you know, a play caller. You can scheme up stuff for him in the backfield and 
the motions and stuff. And hey, we get a week one. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. Okay, you go next. <laughs> All right, Broncos. I got um, Patrick Sertan Jr. is a foundational defensive piece. Yeah. Uh, and you have him at well below market value for at least the next two years, probably the next three years if they um, pick up his option, which obviously they will. And I think that um, whenever you're building uh, a defense, you need like hopefully a D lineman and hopefully a corner or something like that, that you can build around. You have one of them in the league that uh, I'd be excited about putting players around him that will be made much better because they don't got to worry about what's happening over there. This is a terrible idea because it's now I'm going to ask you a question that, and then I'm going to be like, okay, we got to move quickly to the next team. If you were the Broncos, would you go back in time and take Patrick Stan Jr. or Justin Fields? <laughs> well, I think we I mean, agree. Sertan Jr. is like yeah. one of the yeah. three best cornerbacks in the NFL. Well, I mean, if it keeps you from making that trade for Russell Wilson, then you go ahead and and grab. Justin Fields, right? Oh, it hurts you so much to say that. I can tell. <laughs> one of the yeah, best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. It's just uh, no one's nearly as valuable as a quarterback, so it's okay. We get used to it. Second-class citizenship for all but QBs in this league. All right. I got the Chargers. Uh, I'll be quick. This is a little bit similar to the Bills ones or whatever, but, like, I don't think people appreciate the fact that the Chargers made it to the playoffs without their starting left tackle and their best edge rusher last year. I mean, Joey Bosa came back, but he was gone for most of the season, as was Rashawn Slater. Those are such important positions. (laughs) It's not just, oh, they were missing a a linebacker. No offense to linebackers, but like, you know, that's massive. Uh, And, you know, I, I have been reluctant as anyone to get too enthusiastic about the chargers because of our past history of being burned. But like, and I'm reluctant to say, Hey, they're back. Cause God knows what sort of bad luck that will uh, lead to. But it is, it was a massive, massive, massive deal last year for this football team, totally constricted what they could do both offensively and defensively. And now everything's back on the table. Yeah. The corner that they signed didn't quite work out. That team overcame quite a bit, but they also had to overcome their coach playing relevant players in irrelevant games. Sorry. Uh, Chargers fans. You had that last season also, but (laughs) new year, new you. Um, Let's move on to Vegas. I got Vegas. I got a few for Vegas because I feel like you're going to say that the first one doesn't count. If Tom Brady comes back, he's coming back for you. Doesn't count. Because he has minority ownership. Like, he's not going to go play for a team he doesn't own. So, congrats. <laughs> There's that. Hey, but the real, the, um, the real one is <sighs> Tyree Wilson looks really great in his uniform. Ooh. And yeah. also has shown some special plays. And a weakness on your team outside of Max Crosby and, I guess, Chandler Jones, who is older, is like that – that defense in general, but the pass rush is not great. But if you get Max at full strength and if Tyree matures into uh, the the kind of wild plays more consistently and you can get a, a few good rushes out of the Chandler a game, you might have turned one of the weaknesses in your, on your team into a strength. And D-line pass rush is probably the fastest way to making a good – like the fastest in – most consistent way to making a good defense. It's harder to find great corners, but you can create a pass rush relatively quickly with the right players and the right draft picks. That would be massive because I think where they were there, I think seventh is when they took him. There was some thoughts. Maybe they should take one of those corners. Witherspoon was gone by then, but Gonzalez was still there. Um, And Tyree Wilson's kind of like, he was kind of like an afterthought because he was injured all summer and then got some play. And and he does you know you, you he did flash some of the traits that I really liked in college. If that, as you said, if that works out, that would be massive for this franchise. Okay, I got to pick up the pace. <laughs> AFC North. Uh, I'll start with uh, the Bengals. I have the Bengals. Um, I feel like I don't talk about this guy enough. I used to talk about him when it was like a hipster cool thing to do, and then he became awesome, and I just kind of let it go. Trey Hendrickson is so good. He's such a good player. He's so complete. Um, and it's just 
I, so fourth in edge pass rush win rate, fifth in pressure percentage, uh, you know, not insane sack numbers, but all the underlying metrics are really good. Um, a true number one, I think, uh, you know, one, like one of the best free agent signings of like the last 10 years, honestly. So great player. Complete, complete is always such a compliment that feels like a slight. You know, like it's <laughs> a player's complete means that he doesn't do anything that wows you, but it's not really a slight, but it always feels like one. All right, keep it moving. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I think Zay Flowers might be special. And I also think Ronnie Stanley is finally healthy. Mm. Like he, he hasn't been really healthy coming into these seasons. I, and maybe I'm reading the clippings that, uh, and, and buying into them in a way that I should not, but he seems to be far enough away from the injuries and the surgeries that the quotes seem to make sense. So having him back at his top level NFL best is good. And Zay Flowers, like I, I've seen enough of him to think that the hard part is going to get it, be getting it into his hands and he's going to turn some plays into big plays. I like thinking of those two things in conjunction too, because if the Ravens do really open up the pass game as we expected, having Stanley back, uh, Manning the left side would be really, really important uh, for a more traditional drop back game. Okay. Uh, the Steelers. Uh, so I don't think I'm not comfortable putting them with Dallas, perhaps San Francisco, but holy crap, this defensive line looks deep. I, I do we really need to start talking about them as one of the, like a game changing position group. Or, you know, so obviously you got TJ Watt back from injury, Cam Hayward, still really good, Alex Highsmith, they just signed. But then the guys behind them, DeMarvin Leal, they drafted last year, Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig looks like one of the great best picks in the draft based on what we've seen so far. And I don't care if it's the preseason, watch that dude. Watch his pass rush moves, watch his dip, watch his bend. Damn it, Pittsburgh, you did it again. So that's, and it's going to make, by the way, I think this is going to make it, I know I've been kind of like hot on the Steelers lately, but this is going to make it really hard for me to pick Steelers games. Like when you have a yeah. group like that, that that's that dominant, they can take over football games. So, yeah, you know, I, I've talked about this for a long time. When you have a group that can, that can take pressure off the other groups of your team and like, or at least they on the need unit, to. <laughs> the corners. Yeah, they, they need to, but yeah, if you have that, then it makes life a lot easier you have dominant corners, it makes it easier for the D-line. If you have a front like theirs, it's going to make it easier for everybody else. All right, um, I got the Browns, and this is another team that didn't come off, didn't have much success, but when you look at their roster, it like feels like it is almost perfect. <laughs> there are some exceptions, but the thing that I would be excited about for them, the present is you got DTR because the big question mark <laughs> is the quarterback spot. So this is where we're going. We're going with Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's flashed, and he is a high school teammate with receiver um, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. So they are both on the same team. Mix it in. Because the big, uh, I guess if you would say the weak point on their roster is the receiver core. It's like Amari Cooper, then other dudes. So uh, if Cedric Tillman and his uh, Gorman teammate, Las Vegas teammate, uh, high school teammate, can figure it out, Cause that's the real question. Like, what are you gonna get out of the quarterback spot? Don't worry about it. Who cares how much you paid him? Roll in the kid from UCLA. You be alright. Uh, I do. I kind of like their wide receivers. Elijah Moore. You traded for him. Yeah, I, yeah but uh, I, 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 I will just say I loved what I saw from DTR in the preseason. It looks, it looked unbelievable. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, AFC South to wrap it up. Uh, I'll go quick. Uh, Titans. DeAndre Hopkins is still the number one wide receiver, I believe. Like, maybe, you know, you're not going to put him – he's not like A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that. But I, like, really – I feel like – I don't want to, like, say people are talking about him like he's washed necessarily, but because of the way his free agency played out, took a while, questions about, you know, okay, how much can he really contribute to the offense? A lot. A lot. I I want to just go, go back to the last the, – the second half of the season in Arizona when he played. Yeah, he's not like a you know top-end separator anymore, but he does literally everything else at a very high level. Uh, getting open, finding um, – I know I just said he wasn't an elite separator, but he has such great spatial feel. Uh, his hands are still incredible. He's still so – like he is a first down. So I – I think he's going to be really good for them. 
And getting open isn't always about separation, especially yes. if you're seeing zone. Like it's mm-hmm. it's about feel and, and experience Leverage. and somebody like him understands that. But you know what's really nice? What's better than getting open is catching everything, no matter whether you're open or not. Yeah. So um, you and I have had discussions about him in the past where I don't love him because I want somebody who's going to break the defense with a big play. But sure is nice on third town to not have to read a defense and just throw it in his direction and trust that he's going to bring it down. All right, Houston up next. D'Amico Ryans might be special, and I think the Stroud-Anderson-Ryan combination is promising for a culture reset for an organization that has none or no uh, positive culture to speak of. You bring in successful players from strong college organizations that have or uh, college programs that have that culture. You have young D'Amico Ryans coming in there and re I guess reframing the way that they look at building this team and look at growing. I really like the way that Stroud played in the preseason because obviously you can't be a leader and a culture setter if you're not good. The the backups are not the people who we look to to decide whether or what we're going to do in this organization. So I think all three of them together, which I guess was the plan why they made that asinine trade on draft day. But the three of them together playing well and on the same page, I think, could be the foundation of a culture, which is much more sustainable than anything else in professional football. I'm going to reply with my Colts one because it's very similar. I feel the same way about Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson based on this summer. Like, I, And I feel I agree with you on Ryan's. Like, I feel like both AFC South teams got it right with their coaching hires. It's mm-hmm. obviously very early. Um, but just kind of based on what we've seen in the preseason, I like the way he talks about Richardson, the way he talks about the offense, obviously dealing with a very sticky situation with Jonathan Taylor. That's not his fault, um, but he seems to be navigating it. Well, honestly, like he hasn't put his foot in his mouth. He's been pretty uh, careful about it. And yeah, I, I it kind of the same answer for Indy where I am like, damn, OK, this is I you, I think both Texans fans and Colts fans should feel good about the the decisions that their ownerships made. All right, Jacksonville, you had the best quarterback in the division. That's, I think that just pointing to Trevor Lawrence <laughs> might be a cop-out, but pointing around the division Come on. makes it feel like, okay, all right, all right, here's a better one. Okay, You're one year further away from Urban Meyer and one year <laughs> deeper in with Doug. <laughs> How's that? Did you, you, got a, the, you got the cool stepdad. Did you see the TikTok? Uh, uh, I don't know if I said this to you. And it's a little bit spicy to read a reference here of Urban Meyer on the host of their big noon yes. show or whatever. You didn't send that to me, but I saw it. Yes. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's just, uh, just Google dirtballing on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, we don't have to be nice to the Jags. Everybody's nice to the Jags. Okay, NFC. Moving quickly. Let's go. Uh, I got to go in for Washington. Um, so the last two drafts, their first round picks, I think both of them, people were like, huh, like a little bit surprised by last year. They took Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State, number uh, who, who um, I, I liked. But, you know, people were like, whoa, okay, interesting. And then I think the same thing, it was kind of a similar reaction this year when they took Emmanuel Forbes, um, the Mississippi State uh, cornerback, the very... You know, he was a, a riser up draft boards. I talked about him a lot. Undersized, great instincts, ton of pick sixes. I think both those picks are looking pretty good. I mean, it's obviously very early with Forbes, but uh, during the preseason, he flashed some of the traits I think that you, you'd you really want to see um, that I kind of alluded to. And then Dotson, again, I, I, I love his game. I love his hands. He catches everything thrown at him. So, yeah, I, I've talked a lot about the commander's defensive line, so I just wanted to highlight those two picks because – yeah. Uh, yeah, Dotson one. You and I, I think when we did the pod with Bill, he was surprised how much you and I both like Dotson. But I, I, I think he's really good. I'm impressed with how he's, he's um, with what he shows. But uh, yeah, but I'm partial to underweight cornerbacks. That's my thing. Love love a cornerback who is not 200 pounds or 190. A good good you see him get that TFL though. Weight. You see him get that TFL. <laughs> I, I was like, all right. Yeah, we got to be physical. We got to be physical. People judge us. Anyway, all right, I'm with the Cowboys. So it's not going to be Mozzie Smith. I know that's, I feel like that is too obvious. It's going to be the free agent signing of Gilmore, not just because he's a good player, but because of the type of player he is. I think he might, might possibly be the most impactful addition that they made. Uh, I know they wanted to shore up that run defense, but yeah, shore up the run defense. But what's more important is the pass defense and having someone opposite uh, Diggs, who is, 
scheme agnostic and incredibly talented, like played very well in zone schemes, played very well in heavy man schemes like in New, New England, and it is as smart as they get and as calculated as they get, which honestly, hanging out with Diggs, you can rub off a little bit. Let's, let's be a little bit more judicious without risk taking. So all around, he's going to make the defense better and he might make your, your true number one corner a little better. Yeah, they got to throw one of them. It's going to be quite yeah. a year for that's Dallas. pretty that's, yeah, great feeling to have. Okay, and I have then the they got to throw on one of them while while um, Micah Parsons is trying to get to you. Anyway, sicko defense. Um, I think the the Giants this year could this is health dependent have one of the best twelve personnel offenses in the NFL. Uh, saw got a little taste of it in the preseason with Darren Waller. Love the way they're moving him around. Uh, and I, I alluded to this on our all underrated pod. He really opens up things for Cody Bell or um, Daniel Bellinger, who I think is, is, is quite an underrated tight end, uh, a good blocker. So I think just teams will constantly be put in a blender um, when those two guys are on the field together. I'm excited to see it. Oh man. What a, what an impressive gift. What a nerdy nerd gift. Y'all gonna have the best 12 personnel. You might have the best 12 personnel in the league. I love it. 12 is effective. All right. Um, I think for Philly, it's it, they fall in the Chiefs category where it's like they don't deserve any gifts because they, they are spoiled rich kids. But uh, I would say that we're going to get a chance for their kind of freshman in red shirt freshman class. The guys like the blue chippers that we haven't seen much of, like that's the gift. We're going to see like N'Kobe Dean slid in that draft in Vegas. And I remember being wild, frankly, by his tape. And the same thing with Jordan Davis, while his tape isn't as impressive, just looking at him is like, oh, that's going to be good. And then the true freshman and Jalen Carter. Like I think getting all of those kind of uh, – guys who they haven't seen much from on the field that's the real gift and it is it feels like a gift because we don't know but pretty optimistic they got some good wrapping paper yeah some some pretty big boxes i feel good about a nintendo being in one of those christmas boxes nfc west seahawks i got the seahawks um nice i know i've been dubious about their off defensive line pardon me the pass rush but i do want to say Chen Nwosu, former Charger they signed last year, that was like one of John Schneider's probably best moves of the last like, you know, five or six years, certainly in free agency. Uh, and then they extended him three years, $45 million, about 30 guaranteed, very reasonable based on uh, his production, often which he had to do by himself last year. So they added Draymond Jones. Hopefully that makes life a little bit easier for him. But he's been pretty much everything they could have hoped for and more. All right. I have the Arizona Cardinals. It's division. <laughs> the next couple of seconds of silence does not mean that your podcast is frozen. Oh, Lord. It means that I'm giving Mina a dirty look because <laughs> she gave me the Cardinals when she could have taken these Cardinals. So I think uh, the thing I would say for the fans, the gift is you get the gift of rooting against your team. You had a nice low-pressure season. Your heart rate doesn't have to get up, get up. You have two very high draft picks no matter what happens this season, and you have a valuable asset in Kyler Murray uh, coming back at some point. So I think you have a, a promising uh, set of assets going forward, and you get a season where you can just drink and chill. You don't have to go – you don't have to be biting your nails at the end of fourth quarters. You don't have to be checking the division standings. Just go out there and get your ass whipped and be happy about it. Also, you get to watch college football and be really excited about it. I watched so much college football this weekend, and the quarterbacks are so good. They're so fun. I mean, obviously. The receivers are so good. The Florida State LSU game, like the defenders that were out there. Oh, and the defenders. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Outstanding. So get excited about that. You are draft. You're college football fans this year, Cardinals. Caleb Williams and Drake Bay both look so good. <laughs> they both look yeah. so good. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do the Rams. Um, in some ways harder, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to single out a player that I know that they're excited about. Kobe Durant, who's their nickel. But he's actually, he's their star. So, which is, that's the position Jalen Ramsey played. Which basically can be summed up as 
a kind of turbocharged nickel. You you have to play everything. It's very situation dependent, including linebacker, blitzing, all of that. They they want you near the ball, uh, which signifies their ability, their faith in both his physicality, coverage bills, uh, coverage ability, and intelligence. And he small sample size last year, but played really well. Um, and that's what they need now is like, okay, who are our guys who we're going to build around, especially on defense. All right, San Francisco 49ers, you have a shockingly easy schedule considering that you were mm. in the NFC Championship mm. game last year. Congratulations, um, in part because you got four guaranteed wins against the Rams and the Cardinals, which is really nice. And you get the fun of watching Fred Warner and Hufanga run around the field and do amazing things. They're two players that mm. I didn't want to go D-line because the D-line is what you always focus on when you talk about that team. And Fred Warner gets kind of – underappreciated but he is one of those players like it's just fun to watch in the same way that running backs are fun to watch yeah. but people don't appreciate them Fred Warner is fun to watch fly around the field Hufanga I feel like is if I did an all fun like all electric team like the guys yeah. you just are like oh my god <laughs> it maybe you know not perfect but um okay NFC North Detroit uh again I'll be quick on this one because we're gonna talk about them later the offensive line was awesome last year, and they're probably going to be better this year. So I'll just – that's crazy. All right. That is pretty nice. All right, Chicago, um, you have a potential boom on offense. So I feel like this – I'm not even going to put the bust potential out there, but I think because DJ Moore, we saw in the preseason, what um, Carolina fans have been seeing and what Maryland Terrapins have been seeing for a long time out of DJ Moore <laughs> is get the ball in his hands. He might do something special. And you got Mooney, who's a 4-3 guy, super fast. Chase Claypool, also a receiver who – while I didn't love that trade and he hasn't panned out well, we've seen when he kind of blew on the scene was with that game, his rookie year with the Steelers, where he just was essentially mossing everybody and had, was it three touchdowns yeah. in, in a game? So like, while I wouldn't say that this is like one of the top uh, receiver cores in football, they certainly have a bunch of like explosive players. So you have the potential. And I didn't even mention the quarterback who's a boom waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I think more obviously it's like two 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 catches for like you know uh, ninety yards after the catch or whatever this preseason. But it was a good reminder, like oh right, he's a true number one and also just so good on the short stuff, getting yards right. after the catch, which is much needed in this offense. Uh, I have the Vikings, and um, so I've talked a lot about the Vikings offense, which I am very optimistic about. A little much more nervous about the defense. Uh, but one player I really like is Marcus Davenport. Uh, you know, I, I know he's when he's been healthy, I think he is um, like, especially, gosh, opposite Daniel Hunter. Like that could be a really good pairing of edge rushers. He has the physicality, the speed, the length. Uh, he just needs to stay on the field. But that could be a good, a good decent edge rush. Mm, positive about the Vikings defense. I'm impressed. Just chose one player. All right, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Green Bay. Uh, I think the the ceiling on Watson is something that we don't know yet. Mm, and that's exciting. Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, yes. We saw glimpses of it last year, uh, but what we can see with him a full year and a, a completely Lafleur offense, not um, sprinkled with with Rogers dust, it will be interesting to see. And I think on the other side of the ball, they have a really impressive group of corners uh, that'll be healthy from uh, Alexander to Stokes to Douglas. Uh, it's a good crop of corners. Hopefully that defense can meet expectations for once. Defense that, you know, battled a lot of injuries last year. That's something kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I mean, especially like losing Gary when they did. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a, I love Christian Watson. I, this is, I make no secret of that. Okay, final division. Yeah. We did it. Um, I have the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is one of the best safeties in the NFL. And there was a brief moment where they were like playing him at the nickel, and and, and they moved him back. Thank God. And I I'm so happy about that. And I think the secondary is really good. Atlanta Falcons. Maybe you don't need a quarterback. I think we're looking at a Fun. 49ers level. Um, coach weapon combination and they could be one of the situations where you can take the pressure off the corner quarterback and even if 
the quarterback isn't playing well, don't worry, two, three weeks, Taylor Heineke to the rescue. There you go, guys. Get excited about some Heine minutes. That's that's a toxic present you just gave them. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, it's not. The present is good. It's that it doesn't matter because your coach is so good, and you got Bijan, you got London, uh, hopefully Pitts. What if we is, start calling them the San Francisco uh, 48ers? Or, like, I need, like, a baby ooh, Niners, like, nickname like for the that. Falcons. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, we got to think of a number for for – for um, Atlanta, I don't know. Well, I was thinking 48ers because Bijan's eight and they're like a little, you know. Okay, not, not I'm waiting. San Francisco. Well, they, uh, the Atlanta okay. 48ers. Carolina. First of all, I didn't know that Brian Burns was like maybe holding out until like this morning. That really snuck up on me. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I hope he plays. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to. This all. This is, I mean, Bosa. We're going to talk about Chris Jones, who I actually now believe will play. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But, I, you know, I think Bosa, the deal gets done. But, like, now I'm just like, goddamn, who's who's not playing week one? Like, all these holdouts kind of came out of nowhere. That one really snuck up on me i'm not gonna comment on it because who the heck knows by the time this comes out but y'all need brian birds i'll just say that um the nice thing i'm gonna say is i think this could be the year that jc horn asserts himself as one of the top 10 corners in the nfl yeah i really like jc horn i hope uh that happens too all right new orleans to close it out it's a little lazy but i i feel like new orleans is a stealth super bowl contender that is a huge gift, but this is in part based on the sales pitch that you made for them to win their division. And they do have a quarterback who has potential to go off on occasion. Mm. And you could have a situation where they'll have a high seed in the playoffs because their schedule is not tough, because their division is not tough, and they could stay very healthy. And you just need one or two games where Derek, where, um, Derek Carr turns back the clock and gets cooking. Next thing you know, you're in the Super Bowl. And also you get to watch Mickey Loomis do crazy tricks with money. I like it. That's that's probably the best gift of all. You could actually win the Super Bowl. Um, okay, guys, we did it. We got through all 32 teams. When we come back, we are going to talk about Thursday Night Football. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace, all this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL, and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and older only, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wagers only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gamble problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling one 800 Gambler, that's 1-800-426-2537, or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. 
One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Okay, we're back. Here to talk about an actual football game that is happening between the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. We have to start with the elephant in the room, or not in the room, because Chris Jones has not practiced. Uh, We are recording this on Monday, September 4th. It is coming out on the morning of Tuesday. Perhaps by the time you listen to it, this is resolved, in which case you can fast forward like five or six minutes. I don't know how long we're talking about this, but it is by far the biggest story with this game. It is... If he assuming he doesn't play, a wild stroke of luck for the Detroit Lions. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the impact here because you know I've already talked a lot about Chris Jones and everything he does for, does for that defense. His, I mean, you guys can look up his on-off splits are pretty wild. How much he mm-hmm. played last year, how good he was as a pass rusher. I've talked about how young uh, and not deep this defensive line is without him. But I think it's worth now kind of putting it in the context of this particular matchup because they're going up against an offensive line that has a potential to be one of the three best offensive lines in football. I talked about this but at the top. They, I think Vitae might be starting yeah. at guard. But they're so deep. They're so good. And they're also playing a quarterback in Jared Goff, who last year, when he was kept clean, was fifth in the NFL, QBR, when he was under pressure. That dropped to 15th. They went from 75 to 25. Um, his completion percentage over expectation when he was under pressure was actually 31st in the NFL. It was negative 12.5%. Not great. Not great. Uh, but... That might not matter because they might not yeah. be able to pressure him at all. Pressure. Dominique, like, yeah. I, I mean, is Jared so, Goff just like the most charm dude in the world? Right? Like, is he just waking uh, up, like walking around like Homer Simpson this morning, picking daisies? How happy is he? Uh, and how big of a deal he is He has this? to be. It's a huge deal. He has to be. It's not only um, could this O-line be the line that could potentially protect him. And you said they had the potential to be one of the best. Like, they were. And they're yes. going to be and they're like, it's not like we're putting together a bunch of good O-linemen and hoping that they can play. Like, we've seen it. They're a good O-line. They're going to be one of the best in football. And to not to go up against a D-line that is not one of the best in football and is without their kind of game breaker, I think is huge for Jared Goff and huge for this team. But I'll say this a little bit of X and O about Chris Jones. I think you know his impact as far as his production is concerned. But one thing you have to remember about a player like this is there are a couple players on offense and on defense that that define portions of the game. And by that, I mean, if Chris, like there's somebody that you have to know where they are at all times. And so if you are an offense, you always know where Chris Jones is. And if you're a defense, you know the offense knows where Chris Jones is. So one of the things that we always like to do when you have a player like that is put him on one side, which almost guarantees that you know the protection that you're going to get. Maybe that's not true against a team like uh, the Lions, who might be comfortable with leaving Penny Sewell lined up uh, with Chris Jones if you put him on the edge. But still, more often than not, they're going to push away from Karloftis Karlof- or anybody else and push towards him, which then tells you exactly what blitzes you can run to the other side and when they're going to work. So if you get a team in third and eight, you put Chris Jones over there, and even if you show the blitz, their answer to it may not be eight yards. And so like, it's, I feel like I'm getting in the weeds, getting complicated. No, no. But that's... Yeah, outside of just the amount of double teams he's going to command and the tackles for loss he's going to create, the pressure he's going to create, the sack fumbles he's going to create, outside of that, he clears things up for you as a defensive coordinator and he clears things up for you as uh, as a player on defense. Sometimes during the season last year, Steve Spagnuolo would look at an offensive line and be like, ooh, right tackle. Hey, Chris, <laughs> slide out, play defensive end. And, he, and Chris Jones was very right. good as an edge rusher last year, whereas the previous year it was not so great. Um, the Lions are unbelievably strong at tackle. 
Like they have one of the again, uh-huh. maybe the best. It, it, it's they're really, really, really good. Uh, and so this is a game again where like that interior pass rush would have been so important. So y- your point is absolutely right. correct about you know, his presence clarifies things for the defense. It also um, was a would have been a match. I wouldn't say a matchup advantage, but a very important source of pressure in this game. And now, like Dominique, if it was if they were playing like the Colts or the Tex, I don't whatever, just like a young. Mm-hmm. I would say this is Steve Spagnuolo. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna dial some shit up. <laughs> like right. it's uh, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that I would, I would assume like Snead's playing with Jerry Snead. I'm like he's gonna blitz Snead, whatever. Yeah. But the Lions' offense was very good against the blitz last year, which is not Jerry Goff's struggled against the blitz in the past, but they're good against the blitz. Part because the offensive line is so good. Partly because I think Ben Johnson's a very good play caller. I think. Um, he gave Jared Goff a lot of answers. They have guys who can get you yards after the mm-hmm. catch. Point is, I think they could get really punished if they blitz a lot in this game, which again brings us back to the fact that Chris Jones was really important in this football game. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah, important. You have I, to blitz. I, yeah, I think you're, you're talking around uh, Ben Johnson without explicitly bringing him up, but I think that 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 matters a lot. You can trust that they're going to have effective packages. Um, the the to attack all of this with St. Brown, who's a, a very reliable chain mover. They do not have what you know I, I look for in all offenses is uh, a deep threat that's going to break the back of the defense that's going to require someone over top. But they do have a running back, which is a question. So that's an interesting thing, too, for the Lions this entire season, but especially this week one game that is going to kind of shape the narrative because it's a national nationally televised game. Everyone's going to watch it. It's going to shape a lot of narrative for everybody going forward. And since they drafted an inside linebacker from Iowa and a running back, we all, all of us like nerds and nerd adjacent football people are like, what the hell are they doing? So I will be watching for them to be like, we knew what we were doing. Watch this impact that Jack Campbell has from the inside and watch how dynamic uh, Jameer Gibbs is and how yeah. he we have to account for him. So I think that's another dynamic of this offense that I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, so the offense, again, Chris Jones isn't there. Very different, I think, in terms of how much of a pass. Like, I, if Chris Jones is playing, I would actually expect him to run the ball a lot more, I think, without him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because they're going to trust that offensive line to hold up and pass protection. There will be more opportunities for um, Jared Goff to throw the ball. But I am very interested in seeing um, just, yeah, like to your point, like what it looks like. Uh, how do they deploy these skill players? How much how much run do both Laporta and Gibbs get? Gibbs in particular, like I, this Chiefs linebacker group really rounded into shape last year as the season went on. And they have really complementary skin skill sets. Uh, Nick Bolton is a thumper. But you don't want him in coverage. Gay Jr. is better in coverage. Chanel is more of a thumper as well. So I'll be. I think there'll be an interesting bit of a chess match there with Ben Johnson versus Steve Spagnolo in terms of like as he moves and he's going to move Gibbs around. He's going to use him kinds of crazy way. Although wouldn't it be funny if he just came out? And he just was like running between the tackles on every down. But um, I like it. I hope they come on in I formation and just yeah, pound yeah. it like like nineteen ninety three. They might have success in doing so because that's not, I mean, Chris Jones being out affects the run defense as well. This run, the Chiefs were pretty good against the run. They were very good against play action in the second half of the season. Uh, they were 29th in EPA per play on passes to running backs, which doesn't bode well for the Jameer Gibbs matchup. But again, some injuries there nice. on that on linebacker and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, Bolton I, I, was the I, one that scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, right? Yes, the Super score. Yeah, that's, he's a good player. That's incredible. He's a cool yeah, player. That's just a great and it's really cool. I don't know, scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl at a linebacker is pretty cool. Anyway, sorry. I think it's it. I don't think this is going to be like if Chris Jones doesn't play. I'm not like diminishing the challenge for that because I think there's still some really good players on that side of the ball, but. I don't know if we'll get a real sense of what this Lions offense is capable of, if that makes sense. Yeah, or what this Chiefs defense yep, is certainly. capable of. Yeah, so like you won't get a real sense of any of that stuff without him on the field testing them. He's the one guy. You want to go to the other side of the ball? Yeah, let's go to the other side of the ball where we. this is a little, you know, just less uncertainty. Um this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans, Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. <laughs> but uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com Mina for a $3 trial set. I'm so I, I'm really interested in, we'll, we'll talk about the Lions defense in a second. You know, this Chiefs offense so I actually I was really looking at all the snaps in the preseason and trying to figure out like who their starting receivers are, what um, personnel groupings we saw, just because there's a lot of questions. Like this is you know there's so right. quite a bit of turnover. We know that the offensive line is going to look different, um, and you can't read too much out of the preseason, obviously because it's the preseason. But Patrick Mahomes did play you know, a few drives. And when he did, they were mostly in 11 personnel. They mixed in some 12, um, but Tony didn't play. So everyone kind of slides. I I think it's going to be MVS, Sky Moore, and Tony is the impression I get. And then they lost uh, Jody Fortson, who's one of their tight ends, to injury for a while. Um, I'll say this. It's the Chiefs, so you never want to say... This passing attack won't, I, you know, I think the passing attack will be efficient. And I think like, you know, we talked about Kadarius Tony and how exciting he is. And I, they're going to scheme up crazy stuff. And there's going to be a ton of tomfoolery. I would test this Lions defense on the ground because as improved as they are on the back end, see what the pass rush is. Pretty similar run defense. I don't think Campbell's actually going to start. We'll see how much he plays, but like, the front seven was, you know, even in the second half of last year as this defense improved some, and it was mostly on the strength of the pass rush, still could not stop the run. And the Chiefs quietly became one of the best running rushing teams in the NFL last year. So I just, you know, I I, I think they'll be able to move the ball on the ground against this team. Yeah, that's smart. I think we, we do, because of the way that the modern game is played, we do kind of default to the past game conversation, but the easiest way to move or the lowest risk way to move the ball is running. So if you can run the ball, most coaches, including Andy Reid, would rather run the ball. And they're breaking in a couple new tackles, which uh, no one assumes will be a, a problem, but running the ball would be smart because they did. The Chiefs did address, well, I, I guess they got Jack Campbell to address part of their running problem, but they addressed the secondary in free agency. They added... Dre Bly is a full-time cornerback coach, which is an interesting move. Mm-hmm. Not very many teams have a full-time cornerback coach. I, in my time in the league, uh, in Atlanta, I played in Atlanta for one year. That was the only time Emmett Thomas, the Hall of Fame cornerback, was our full-time, like, he was responsible for cornerback's technique. I, at no other place had I experienced that, which was a small thing, but it, it matters. And they obviously brought in Cam Sutton, who had a good year last year for the Steelers, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The matchup with him uh, and uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be 
kind of definitive one. Chauncey's yeah. a, a turnover machine, at least he was last year. That'll be nice. So I, I think I hadn't even considered. I had been breaking this game down from the past game because I'm a, a dumb football person who didn't even think of what you were pointing out. It's like, yeah, the Chiefs run the ball well, and the Lions don't defend the run well, and they, they might just come out and attack them in that way, which would be smart. If you were the Lions, so the Lions last year um, played the second most man coverage in the NFL behind New York. (laughs) Uh, And that has continued into the preseason this year. Obviously, you have dramatically upgraded your secondary. You alluded to the additions they made, Sutton, CJGJ, uh, Brian Branch is looking good in the preseason too. Would you play man coverage against this Chiefs team? Which was... um, it's funny, last year, I mean, the thing about the Chiefs offense is there's nothing that worked against them. Yeah. So it's not like right. zone was better or man was better or split say, like everything was bad. They killed everything. But I'm just saying, if you're the Lions, would you stick to the approach defensively that you stuck to last season? We did express some doubt about this Chiefs right. wide receiver group. However, it tends not to matter versus man coverage because of both the scheme and the skills of the quarterback. Yeah. I think the worst thing you can do is what you always do is I think we have to Mm. give credit where credit is due. They're going to come in with a plan for what you do well. And if we accept that their plan is going to be designed to take a, to attack our weaknesses. And we also accept that, we are not good enough to stop them if they know what we're doing, which is a hard thing to accept for any defense because most of the time you're like, all right, well, we match up, we do the best we can. Uh, and you'll win enough to feel comfortable with that. I don't know if that works for the Chiefs, but then you run the risk of putting yourself, your players in situations that they are not as comfortable with while also mm-hmm. allowing the Chiefs who have seen it all so, like, it also feels like there isn't a situation that they are uncomfortable with, which is a weird spot. So, like, let's assume the Chiefs come in with a game plan of attacking man coverage. And you come out and play a soft, uh, a lot of soft four or three or two because you're like, all right, we're going to catch them off guard. Yeah. They've seen that before. <laughs> they just have – they've seen it before, and they figured out how to beat it. It slowed them down for, like, a week a couple seasons ago. And then they figured it out. So then they'll switch to that. So I guess it just comes to being like being multiple and having a good disguise. And once you trip them up, you got, you have to, yeah. I think we all are creatures of habit. We're like, oh, that worked that third down. Let's go back to it. No, don't go back to it. Please don't go back to it. I will say, I think that this current Lions build on defense is much better suited to play the Kansas City Chiefs because they have all of these multiple guys in the secondary they have tight end stoppers talked about the safeties so important against the Chiefs offense that while maybe they did in the preseason I do expect to use a heavy fair a dose of 12 and maybe even 13 we'll see if that continues in this game but the thing is even if you're like okay we got Travis Kelsey it always feels like they have the counterpunch, whether it's Kadarius Tony on a sweet MVS spring open downfield, or maybe it's like, oh, you're going, you're putting a bunch of safeties on the field. That's cute. We're going to run the ball. Like, I, I, I just, yeah. they have so many answers for the things that defenses can do. And that, to me, it, it, it like, you talked a little bit about mixing it up in disguise. I, I think you just need, you, <laughs> you kind of need someone to make a play. Like, you need, you know, yeah. like, whether it's like, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson forcing a tip ball and it's an interception or something like it kind of feels like, or maybe um, Aiden Hutchinson blows past Donovan Smith and you get a strip sack. I don't know. Like it just feels like for defensively, even as improved as I think this Lions defense is, I think they're going to have to turn Mahomes over once or twice to stay in this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's with the talent and the rules and the coaching staff. Yeah, at some point on defense, most times you're going to have to find somebody to make a play. And you can scheme opportunities for people to, to raise their probability of making a play. And I think in the secondary, if you have veteran players who are yeah. smart, is taking calculated risks and covering for each other when you can and having those communications. It's hard to do when you're trying to, like, rebuild the foundation. That's like a 
a step two or three thing where like uh, you when when playing with Ed, it was like, all right, well, this is the time we're going to take a risk. When we see this formation, we see this situation. This is the time we're going to take a risk. Uh, when I was playing at other places without play, without safeties like that, there were no times when we were allowed to take a risk because you know what happens when you take a risk and you blow it and you're not an established guy? You're off the field. So that's a, I guess because they brought in these guys and they paid these guys, they might feel m- more secure. But as good as your technique is, sometimes your technique is going to deliver. And sometimes you reading your keys and following the rules is going to deliver a play. But also sometimes you saying, F- these rules. <laughs> I know what's coming well, and I'm going to go take a risk is how you make a play. And they're playmakers. Like, I know me saying, like, yeah. someone's got to make a play and turn Patrick Mahomes over. Well, yeah, no Sherlock. But, like, <laughs> we're talking about Gardner Johnson, Kirby Joseph. I think Cam Sutton yeah. also has good ball skills. Yeah. Like, these are guys who can turn him over. You know, got and, interceptions and sack fumbles. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, so I think uh, batted passes. So I, I, I think yeah. it's possible. Um, all right, let's wrap here. Is the Chris Jones thing... Changing, like, I assume before Chris Jones, you were going to pick the Chiefs. I was going to pick the Chiefs. You know, no disrespect to the Lions, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that enough to swing you? No? No, it's not enough to swing me. It's not enough to swing you either. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. You know it's not. We all know it's not. The the Lions could win because it's football, but no one believes that uh, Chris Jones is enough to make uh, Patrick Mahomes worse than Jared Goff. It could make it a shootout. I will say that. Yeah, okay. You, you know, I, I actually believe uh, that. Like, smash the over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think this could I'm be a high-scoring game. I'm not doubting that it could be a shootout. Yeah. One side has a weapon, and the other side has a world destroyer. <laughs> like, it's entirely different categories. <laughs> One guy's in the conversation of greatest quarterback of all time already. <laughs> the other guy left his team, and then they won a Super Bowl. Dan Campbell's going to do a Dion style press conference. Dominic Foxworth, you didn't believe. <laughs> do you believe now? Do you believe now? Uh, nah, yeah, nah. you got to play them without Chris Jones is what you can say. No, um, I think <laughs> I, I, I will say it certainly makes it more interesting. And I do believe that I will probably, I, I, you know, I still probably will pick the Chiefs, but I, I, this game is, it's definitely closer in my mind for all the reasons we talked about. Uh, smashing the over, smashing the over on Donnie Foxworth appearances this year on the Mina Kime show. So excited. See you next week, buddy. See you next week. Go check out the Dominique Foxworth show as well, which recently merged with Debatable. So I know you guys are putting out a ton of episodes every week. So people should check that out too. Um, yeah. Can't wait to do this. Yeah, we're, we're getting together after Bill's Jets. It's going to be freaking awesome. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> for listeners to the show, I will be back uh, later this week previewing the slate of games. I can't wait. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.